So, uh, Joe, what? You forgot to take oh, off your face mask sorry, sorry. when you come back from the store. Hi. Sorry, <clears throat> I wore this all the time because um, yeah. of the COVID. I know, two years of non-stop well, face masks. Well, like, you know, the COVID, you know, it's like, it's dangerous. You know, it's out there, it could get you. Well, anywhere, like, I mean, even in the house here, you know. Yeah. Kind of typhoid Mary's like you running around, you know. Uh, I got a, but you, you, yeah. Um, well, anybody really. Very, very dangerous. Um, so I take all precautions. And I try to scare the virus. I use this one because it's kind of scary. It's, uh, it's to, to, I think it might help to scare the virus away, you know. But uh, it's pretty scary, you know. So, um, but it's also Halloween, so that's why uh, uh, it's appropriate as well. And as you, as you can probably see, we haven't, uh, we haven't really, um, we didn't clean up for Halloween. Uh, it needs a bit of uh, dusting around here, and I think there's a few spiders. And although we did keep up the pictures of uh, uh, Fauci, Tony Fauci, I've got two of his portraits there at the, on the back wall. Um, that's <laughs> that's how he looks in real life. It's just a filter put on him uh, in, uh, for the TV cameras, but that's how he actually looks. Remember, we got those pictures of him. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's actually a replica of the portrait Tony Podesta did for him. Um, for Fauci, yeah, yeah, that's a real found in Epstein's house. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, uh, what's going on? Uh, it's Halloween and everything's uh, everything's a freak it's show. It's only Halloween in the Western world, right? Pretty much everybody else. Or has that spread now? It's really only American Anglo countries, right? I'm pretty sure most people today in the world are just going mm, whatever. There's kind of equivalent things. I'm not sure that at the same time of the year. Yeah. Mexico has its day, day of the, the dead, dead, yeah, but it's not exactly. Oh wait, I think it is similar time of the year for Mexicans. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, including India and China, that's half the world's population right there. Anyways, they're not doing it. I'd say they're not doing it. And France has only started doing it. Like yeah. the last ten years. It's such Happy an, Halloween! They didn't know about it. Like it's such an a ang- generation ago, an Anglo-American thing. It's a there's so well, much, Celtic too. There's so much supremacy in it. <laughs> so so much white supremacy in Halloween. It should it be banned. It's a Celtic thing. Celtic, white, whatever, it's all the same to me, man. Ah, Jesus, come on. In fact, Celtic is white, right? Weren't they all white? Whatever. Um, anyway, ban Halloween. Look at this. It's ridiculous. It's, it's supremacist. It's, well, it's just glorification of, of the patriarchy right Well, here. at least we're not appropriating anyone else's culture. Yeah, you are. This is our culture, you know. Dusty cobwebs, spiders, spooky stuff. Yeah. We're showing a true face yeah. as white people. This yeah, is yeah. what we really look like. Yeah. What's the origin of Halloween? Um, Nobody knows, right? In Ireland, it's Samhain. Well, everywhere. That's uh, that's going to do with Halloween. That's just a harvest festival type thing. Isn't it a? Isn't didn't it coincide with, with the same time period? Do you think it's just harvest? I thought it was at this time of year. Yeah, there's harvest festivals and stuff like that. But there's nothing that explains Halloween the way we the way we quote unquote celebrate it. Well, then, the, the way it is celebrated by, at least in the East, Eastern Europe, Slavic world, tomorrow's more important. And that was the case for Catholic France. That's a religious, a religious holiday, though. All Hallows Day, All that Hallows was, Eve. That was put on top of, like most religious holidays were put on top of pre-existing kind of celebrations. They just made stuff up. Um, so the question is, what's the, 
is there a, is there a deeper history to it? You know, yeah. Uh, in terms of the pre-Celtic or pre or not pre-Celtic, pre uh, pre-modern era, like basically the ancient. You know, and it goes back far enough about some kind of a day of the dead or something that happened on that day something. or that, around that time when a lot of people died for some reason. We tend to associate with some kind of a catastrophe or a global catastrophe or something that goes back maybe that long um, when a lot of people died. And it, obviously it gets so distorted and so messed up over thousands of years. Like, you know, it's uh, it's kind of it's actually interesting that it survived even uh, with that motif, you know, of dead people, scary, you're going to die, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's not really that you're all going to die, but it's associated with dead people, right? Well, because it's both... A traumatic collective memory. Yeah. And this, there's another factor, a kind of thinning of the veil, quasi-mystical yeah. claim to it, that it's, there is an unusual, there's an X factor to the time period, or at least the event that people at some point were remembering. Mm-hmm. Hence the weird factor, you know. The dressing up and spookiness isn't just completely random. Mm. There is probably some sound reason to it. Yeah. Well, uh, not sure about the candy, though. That's that's just for display purposes. Yeah, that that's definitely an American. That's just for that's just to give you diabetes. Uh, they want to ruin everything. They want to ruin all our holidays by giving people diabetes on their holidays. Um, an interesting take by Twix. I think it was this year actually. Yeah, mm, Twix. You know the favorite diabetes-inducing mm. uh, uh, consumable. Um, <laughs> just throw it up there. Actually, it's actually funny. Uh, well, it's funny in a dystopian kind of meh. Oh my god, kind of way. Um, let's just play it there and you'll see. Twix presents bite size Halloween. Your parents seem to think you do. What's your favorite color? Black. Other than black. Oh, um, charcoal. Why are you all dressed up? It's not Halloween yet. Can I help you? Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Do you want to find out? You buckled? I'm still wearing my princess dress. Do you want to wear it? Hey, you! Princess! You look like a girl. Why are you wearing that? Dressing like this makes me feel good. Is that your nanny? She looks weird. You look weird, your nanny looks weird, you guys are both weird. No, we're just different. Boys don't wear dresses. lived happily ever after thanks to Twix uh, so what it's Halloween all year round for trans kids that's the idea 
Right, because the girls initially said to him, what are you dressed like that for? It's not Halloween yet. And he said, whatever, I like it. So it's Halloween all year round for trans kids, who, especially the little boys who want to dress up like girls, mm-hmm. and be encouraged by their by their peers to do so. Um, and also, the kid that came along, he was, I don't know if he was killed or he was seriously uh, injured by the peer, by the adult, uh, <laughs> Because, um, but he was he was injured or killed because he he made made a couple of objective statements. He said, he, well, he asked a question, why are you dressed like that? It's weird. It is. I think in the parlance he was being transphobic. No, he was just saying that why are you dressed like that? It's weird, and it is weird for a boy to see another boy dressed as a girl. Yeah. Uh, so, but he got killed for it, or he got seriously injured for it. So that's that's what Twix is promoting there. That's what that's what Halloween means, at least for the people at Twix. Is uh, it's all about transgender rights or something? And it could have been I, I bizarre. It could have been worse. There could have been a six foot tall dude mm. in drag who mm. came to the door and said, "Hi, I'm your nanny." Yeah, that'll be next year. Yeah, happy Halloween. So, is that that probably a standard? I mean, that's just a random corporate ad. Is it? We don't watch TV. It's becoming more common. Is it? Is that yeah. a kind of common theme? Like. Well, they're all day nine to five. No, all twenty four seven. They're all, you know, dipping their dipping their toes in that water. All the different uh, product manufacturers are paying homage to the uh, to to that kind of thing, wokeism, whatever you want to call it, because so many people, you know, so many people support in the world support that. You know, I suppose we have to assume, and that's why Twix is interested because obviously only interested in money, right? They don't want to lose the sales to people who uh, who support uh, transgender kids, right, but which is so many people. <coughs> right? It's got to be lots. <coughs> isn't the case, obviously. Millions, hundreds of millions. Their market isn't asking for it. So what are they doing it for then? Because they're stupid? It's are they bizarre. stupid? Are they just stupid people? It's a good... <laughs> it's increasingly a, a good answer to a lot of questions today. When you see stuff like that and anything else, the answer is it's just stupidity. There's no other explanation. I mean, of course, you can spin it into some kind of uh, dystopian Orwellian plot or whatever that they're trying to impose on the planet and stuff, but uh, I like to say it's just stupid. They're idiots, but they're dangerous idiots. So, Especially if they're doing it collect together, you know? Yeah. Um, they're all having the same bright ideas. That's what's freaky about it. Yeah. That's why I have to ask, you know, how common do people, like, is it wall-to-wall like that, you know? No, it's not all the time. It's enough to make make an impact. Speaking of masks, as we were talking about earlier on, um, just go to the next. Just go to um, uh, tweet. It's on Twitter. Uh, it's a video of Angela Merkel arriving at she's arriving a cop, I think, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, she's not. She's in, she's in Rome, I think. Maybe. Uh, anyway, the, the, what's going on this weekend is uh, G twenty. Um, Meetings in Rome of all the. It's just ended, but yeah, that it's was over, over the it was over, two over, days. over the past couple of days, over the weekend, and today, then they're all flying up to Glasgow for the Green New Deal stuff. Uh, but this is interesting. This is just to give, give you an idea of what of the farce that the whole thing is, and you know, so people, anybody out there who's recognising that this whole thing is ridiculous, it's stupid, and it's a farce, and nobody can take this seriously, uh, you're right, and don't ever not 
or don't ever stop believing the evidence before your eyes because here's some of the evidence before your eyes. I'm sure there's, you've seen lots of other evidence to convince you that this is a complete farce and it's a, it's a nefarious farce that is having some serious, seriously negative impacts on the planet but on, the, on, on society. But anyway, it's still a farce. You can start from there. So let's just see. This is Angela Merkel arriving at, a con at the conference hall in Rome uh, yesterday probably. Um, let's just see what she does with her mask. Super serious COVID pandemic. All the all the guards wearing masks. Yep. Merkel sticks it on, walks down the red carpet, into the conference hall. Pomp and circumstance. So everybody knows once you get inside where there are people and close spaces, you take your mask off and then you touch other people. That's how you prevent the COVID, right? I'm confused. Wasn't she voted out of office or left or what? Not yet. Some kind so of transition going on. She's always leaving. Yeah, but anyway, uh, isn't that? Don't you remember the rules um, on on the mask on, the, on no, mask off on the transmission off. of the virus and how to prevent it? When you're outside, touch your face. Like no, that. When you're outside, wear your mask outside. But once you get inside to a place you've never been before, where there are other people, that's when you take your mask off and you start touching other people, right? Yeah. Isn't that the rule? Don't you remember that from the beginning? No. It was the opposite? Yeah. Right. I think okay. always... No. It's hard, it's hard for Angela to keep track of it is the problem. Yeah. She doesn't know when she should put it on, when she should put it off. I think she's basically guided by the cameras. Well, there's cameras inside as well. I don't know. Maybe it was walking past the guards or something. A photo op moment. Put on your mask. I, I've seen the, um, the meet and greet. Yeah. It, it, maybe not at that point, but somewhere else. Um, during the event and the, when they have five or six leaders up there they do someone in the press calls okay thanks for that now we'll do the same again mask down right and they, they all take it off again and they take the same shot so one with masks on one with masks yeah. off right there's protocols so it's all propaganda basically for pr yeah it's it's it to give the latent right, propaganda yeah it's and but as they get this they see it they will say it's to give the correct impressions but they're given. What impression are they given? Wear your mask. Wear your mask always. Sometimes don't wear it. Sometimes do. When should you? When, when should you? When should you not? When people see, when they take a picture of the same event, the same group of people, masks on and masks off. What what message is that giving? <laughs> see what I'm saying? They don't want it to look too closely. All you want, you're supposed to only see. The, the people don't watch those events and listen to right, what comes out of pictures. those events. They see pictures right. and they just see photos yeah. of masks. That's the level. More photos of masks. That's all. There's so many people out there who are not paying attention to this at all in any way whatsoever. Not no. even in uh, the briefest cursory examination but of any of what's I, going on. You know, I know a lot of people are pointing that doing that since the beginning. When, whenever world leaders meet, look at the hypocrisy because masks on, masks off. Uh, masks are off when they're off stage and then they're filmed going on to give the lecture at the press conference. Mask on at that point, just as they walk in. They start to give their comments, masks come down, wash the hands. Mm. Ritual. Yeah, yeah. Um, for PR purposes. It's ritual. But, yeah. And again, it's just on the score of the fact that they know it's not so bad. They know yeah. it's not a killer virus. They wouldn't be going right. out and meeting. Right. And flying yeah. all over the place. So there's another agenda here. Obviously, our work has been from the very beginning. This didn't just... This, this, this didn't just segue into a, a, another agenda that, that they decided, oh, look, we can serve this agenda, but after this real pandemic suddenly came upon us, it would suggest that the, that the whole thing from the very beginning was part of a, a scheme in a certain sense, or very soon after the, after the start of this so-called yeah. pandemic. 
uh, a new idea was hit upon or someone had had a bright idea or, or it was planned beforehand, whatever. But right from the very beginning, it was they were talking about another agenda. Yes, with the one caveat that at the beginning of this, many of them genuinely were spooked. Yeah. I'm, I'm presuming that unless there really are like a super species elite, mm. that they more or less behaved as most of the population. 95% of the population genuinely was spooked and jumped. Mm. Uh, you know, how high, sir, whatever you want, sir, mm. at the very beginning. So it probably applies to them as well. Speaking of propaganda in relation to COVID and all things COVID, uh, just go to the next uh, post-millennial uh, tweet, tweeted this one. Uh, this is, I mean, again, the post-millennial, I think, is that a, what kind of website is that? News analysis and opinion from Canada, US and the world among North American women. It's, it's uh, um, based as opposed to woke. Okay. So of the right. So it's of the right and it's, it would be against. Regime critical. Right, okay. So, but I mean, again, there's nobody left standing at this point in terms of understanding what is actually going on and what has been going on from the very beginning. There's pretty much hard, very few people left standing. Uh, Post Millennial says, Kamala gets a third shot of the vaccine. We'll just play it there just so you can get the visuals. Okay, yeah. And just relax your arm next to your body for me. So first and foremost, the main thing to say about that is that she didn't get a vaccine there. Just like Joe Biden didn't get a vaccine at the White House, at the White House, which was actually just a stage, a prop for the Looks White like House. the same place wherever that was filmed. Right, probably a town hall, some town hall meeting That's, with 20, I, 20 people or something. It's a like set that. they built across the street from the White House. Right. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, she didn't get that, just like Biden didn't get, didn't get it. Like no other leader or president or prime minister or whoever got the vaccine live on camera because that doesn't happen. Uh, this this vaccine has, however small, has uh, a risk to anybody who gets it from immediate adverse, an immediate or later, but immediate adverse uh, reaction, however small. So you don't roll the cameras and then give a, a, a leader of the free world or leader, leader anywhere uh, any kind of a medication that runs the risk of them falling over and presenting extremely bad press for for the thing that they're promoting. Yeah. So you simply don't do it. Yeah. So the fact that people don't realize that is just they're it's it's I mean it's not even a conspiracy theory. It's just it's it's a it's standard a protocol. It's a practical thing you would yeah. do. You would do it from a practical point of view. Yeah. You just don't want to run the risk of giving any kind of medication like that to someone live on camera. So uh, but yet people believe it and people repeat it and say, look she got a third boost she got a third shot, she got a booster shot. She didn't. I so. suspect knowing the track record of post-millennial, they stated that that's the given fact that's being reported as yeah. bait. 
because they know they're going to get a lot of people in the comments who are going to say, no, she didn't. Yeah. So, well, um, still, most people will believe it. Yeah, so. for sure. And that's the the unfortunate unfortunate situation we're in. Um, why is my... Okay. Um, yeah. I have a problem with what's going on in the world today. <laughs> Let's hear it. Did you know that? <laughs> Did you ever get that impression? No, you seem cool. Uh, Relaxed. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going with the flow. Yeah, just taking the... Rolling with the punches, you mean? Um, they... I mean... People know this. Most people who are listening to the show and people who... There's a significant number of people out there know this, that there's something very wrong with the whole vaccination campaign and the way it's been rolled out. Mm-hmm. Um, it has... You have to assume that the governments and the way that they've rolled it out, uh, insisting on vaccination for everyone and demonizing uh, anybody in different ways who doesn't get, uh, doesn't want to get the vaccination, and including firing them from their jobs, preventing them from participating in society in different ways and stuff. It's creating a um, segregation or a, a separation, a division amongst people in society, which is a very bad thing to do in any society is to divide the population against each other. And an awful lot of psychological pressure. Right. And and they don't need to do that. The thing is, there's no reason for them to do that. To take that extreme measure, which is very, has potentially very negative impacts or or implications for society, uh, you'd have to very good, you'd have to have a very good reason for doing it. You don't have a good reason for doing it because, like I said, the reason, the thing they're doing is forcing, trying to force, manipulate, etc., Everybody in society bribe. to bribe whatever everybody in society to get vaccinated and demonizing those who don't, um, uh, because, as we've said from the very beginning on these shows and from the very beginning of this pandemic, this virus is not dangerous to the vast majority of people. There's no need for them to be vaccinated against it. Yet the government has decided that they're going to push that message that there is a need for everybody. Like Kamala just said, there it'll save your life. She makes this blanket statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, get this vaccination because it will save your life. Not that it can save your life or it might save your life. It, it will save your life. I.e., you're going to die if you... The message is you're going to die if you don't get the vaccination. It's extreme bullshit. Extremist bullshit. Medical misinformation. Medical misinformation. It's completely false. And everybody can verify that by looking outside... Uh, looking outside your door. Going to your local town. Now... And recognize that, you know, depending on where you are, 20, 30% of the population around you are not vaccinated. So where are all the dead bodies? These people aren't dying. Uh, and I'll go back to last year before the vaccination campaign was rolled out and tell me where all the bodies are. Obviously, the fact that this virus is not dangerous to the vast majority of people is an unassailable fact. You cannot disagree with it. It's self-evident. So to turn around and say that everybody has to get the vaccination or you will die, or you will kill other people, blah, blah, blah. Or it's we will make your life living hell. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's completely false. So, um, yeah. Why can't people see that? I don't know. Um, not only that, there's, there's plenty of evidence that vaccination, the vaccination campaign itself, is very likely driving the continued mutation or the further mutations of, of the virus uh, compared to 
if it was just allowed to do what viruses normally do, which is just spread throughout the, the population, and sure, it'll kill some people, but so does the flu, so the colds, etc. Different uh, respiratory viruses do that all the time. Nobody ever cared before. You just let it go and do its normal thing. Uh, again, with, on, on the proviso or on the, on the understanding that it's, it's dangerous to only the same people the flu is dangerous to, and you eventually have a kind of herd immunity because the virus basically is, is mo not wiped out, but it, it becomes endemic in the population. It takes its place alongside the flu. It's no longer a problem. Uh, but by vaccinating the entire population, you drive kind of mutations and possibly uh, recombination down the line because especially with the mRNA vaccines, as we've said before, anybody, who know, anybody who's been listening knows this already, that with, uh, with the mRNA vaccines, they induce your own cells to produce a spike protein, i.e. a part of the virus that... You know, runs a significant risk at some point down the line of it recombining that part of the virus that you've you know induced your cells to uh, to produce can recom recombine down the line with other adenoviruses whatever and produce some kind of a a, a serious something that is really seriously dangerous to the population so across the board there's no reason for it whatsoever it's actually the 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 potential or the, the impacts of it obviously are, are negative on society from a psychological and social cohesion point of view. And from a health point of view, they're, they're also quite potentially very negative. Include, and that's not even speaking about vaccine adverse reactions, um, of which there have been many. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. That's just what I'm not happy about. <clears throat> it's a big problem, right? So are you thinking here of why then... The one consistency is that governments, media, or functionaries of government are pushing at this. Yeah. Why? Do you revert back to what you said earlier? They're just being stupid collectively? There must be some a logic, people, some a, central a, logos they're driving well, that they all people, share. A lot of people who are, who are buying into it and are pushing it are stupid because they couldn't think their way out of a wet paper bag. They don't pay attention. They have no sense of independent thought, independent investigation. They don't have a healthy distrust of government. So they go along with the narrative. So they're stupid people. Because the narratives they're being given are completely stupid and provably false. But these people go along with them and act on them as if they were a valid narrative, right? So it's the, let's say, lower level functionaries, that kind of stuff, people, everybody, anybody in society who's promoting it and pushing it and going along with the plan, right? I'm going to get my third booster because Kamala got hers. You know, I mean, anyway, they're wrong on so many levels, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but uh, above that, the people, if we're talking about the people who have been pushing this, who have engineered this plan or, or came up with this plan and are putting it into place, uh, what's their agenda? Well, the only, the proof is in the pudding. The proof of the pudding is in the eating, as they say, and the end result, uh, if they continue with it, will be the destruction of many lives in society. As an intended outcome. Well... It's hard know. to... Oops, it was an accident. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to... Yeah. When, when someone goes to a lot of bother and puts in a lot of effort and talks about something over and over and over again and tries to force it and manipulate people into, into accepting it and then the outcome is the destruction of lives in one way or another, how can you not say it was, it was intentional? Yeah. But that's a big conspiracy theory, right? They're out to get us. They're trying to kill us. Well, it's understandable why, why it's so prevalent yeah what else can people refer to because the only other uh, unsatisfactory explanation is that they have some intention that is noble that is unspoken 
but it will produce the opposite outcome to what is intended right. because of corruption, greed, psychopathy, yeah. namely the wrong types of people are so, in power at this time and, and ideological ex extremes that they believe. So the noble intention would be obviously to save people, but again, I can't go with that because it goes against all the science, right? Uh, they're they're, they're yeah. trying to vaccinate children here. You know, the, the FDA just approved vaccination for, for under 12-year-olds. Uh, and, you know, all, all of the data, I mean, all of it, all of the scientific data over the past almost, you know, two years, getting on for two years now, shows that children are virtually immune to this, but they want to vaccinate them anyway. Why? Children don't spread it. They don't, they're not, don't get sick from it. Why do they want to do that? So the idea of it being for public health, you have to throw that out. I'm sorry. You can't, put, know, you can't, you, you can't use that as a, as a positive but misguided intention. Yeah. Uh, because they're not stupid, you know. There's a lot of ordinary stupid people out there, but the people in, you know, in positions of power to kind of, who are pushing this agenda are, are not stupid enough to, to just like, oops, we didn't see that data on children that they're basically immune and therefore don't need the vaccine. Yeah. So uh, and also that the vast majority of people, healthy people, don't need the vaccine either. Um, they could have brought society together if they wanted to do the vaccination campaign. They would have had to do a limited vaccination campaign only on the people who were in danger from it. And they would have brought everybody together in society to say, this is a good thing. And everybody would have lobbied for their elderly, you know, ill or sick or friends, family members, whatever, to, to, to get it. And, but the vast majority of people wouldn't have got it. But then that means the vast majority of people wouldn't have got the vaccine and vast amounts of money would not have been made by pharmaceutical companies. So uh, that doesn't really work right. So the only other, the one that they spun this into, a positive, and this, you have to get a bit convoluted in this, I suppose, uh, but the, the positive reason for pushing the whole vaccination campaign and pushing the pandemic and scaring people and stuff was, is the thing that they segued into quite quickly last year, which was into a green agenda, a greening of the global economy, renewables, going away from fossil fuels to save the planet. So it wasn't about saving individual lives from COVID because, you know, uh, it's not. But you could somehow, if you really do some mental gymnastics, you could say that they were they realized they had to use that to convince people to change the way of life. So they used the pandemic, a, fo a phony pandemic, effectively, uh, in order to get people to change their behavior. Yeah. That was in line with the kind of behavior they would engage in in order to save the planet. So that's the agenda. Restrictions on their uses of energy. On, on, on movement for a start. Yeah. And so they just, yeah, the two don't seem very compatible, you know, on the face of it, how you would mesh the two, how they're very, you know, how they, they're one and the same thing almost. But they've, they've, they've done that. They're trying hard to, to segue from one into the other and say that it's an obvious transition or a natural transition, which is what they're doing this weekend in, in Glasgow, right? Yeah. Cop. Cop to Cop. six. <clears throat> um, but, but you've already mentioned it, so I what? would prefer to do this first before we look at Glasgow. The FDA approval. Right, yeah. Um, Scotty, can you throw up the last link I sent you? So <clears throat> one of the few websites, God bless them, off Guardian that have been on this since the beginning, uh, Kit Knightley, editor there, has written this summary <clears throat> The headline is, there's no case for vaccinating children, dot, 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 and the FDA meeting approves it. So what he did was, scroll down a bit, 
He watched the eight-hour live stream, anyone could watch it, of the FDA's meeting that approved uh, the vaccine for children this week. Okay, the entire meeting was live stream. There it is. Eight hours. Well, who wants to watch it? Thankfully, he summarized what... Let's go scroll down a bit further. Here's the bullet points. So it's mentioned in the FDA's own approval. That's bullet point number one. Zero prevalence studies suggest that as of June 2021, that's four months ago now, almost half of 5 to 11-year-olds have been exposed to COVID. And by that, zero prevalence presumably means not that they got COVID, but that they have SARS-CoV-2 antibodies at some point in the last 18 months. I make that presumption because in the next bullet point, it says roughly 1.9 million COVID cases. Presumably in that sense, actual symptoms of COVID-19 have been reported in the same age group. That's 42% of 5 to 11 year olds in the United States. That is probably a low ball estimate Mm -hmm. that can be extrapolated out globally. Most, if not at least half the people out there have already been tested to some extent and shown to have natural antibodies. Right there, you're saying there's no need to then vaccinate them. So the the FDA, despite mentioning these studies, seroprevalence studies, in this live stream, at the end they said, no, we approve it. Um, In that time, I think that's only the US, 94 children have died. And probably look at them and every single one of them will probably... With extreme, with extreme other illnesses. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Go up to that tweet, Scotty. It is clearly not a benign illness in kids, and there are major racial disparities in terms of which kids get sick. Yeah, bring in race, you fucking idiots. The virus is racist. That's a professor. You know, he's the kind of idiot that I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? He couldn't think as well of a wet paper bag. People need to get on. People need to accept the fact... A lot of scientists, most scientists, most professors, most educated, you know, smart people you might have, you know, seen seen them as until now are not smart when it comes down to it. They're just, they're good at regurgitating information. Yeah. And, and if they're regurgitating <laughs> bullshit, then they're a problem. Uh, yeah. Um, and from week to week, they'll change tune based on on what they're told the signal that they think because they're looking at authorities all the time to tell them what to do or tell them what to think yeah so basically yeah it's a joke 94 deaths out of 13.4 million people gives an overall survival rate of 99.994 percent so why do kids need vaccination 99.994 percent and if you take away that uh zero 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 point six percent of kids with uh, kids who have died because they had some kind of genetic disorder or comorbidities, uh, then that means one hundred percent, yeah, um, or zero percent uh, of, of of dying of, of going to hospital, even needing to go to hospital is ninety nine point eight six survival of yeah. 100% survival for kids. But let's vaccinate them all. Let's approve a vaccine. Why would they be doing that? Well, you know, just go... go Right now, go with money. Well, uh, Obviously someone pointed money. out in the chat, Pfizer is on the FDA and vice versa. Right. The, the, there's no... There is... 
not even no the pretense anymore of separation of powers between corporations and governments. So. Yep. So, um, we mentioned it briefly last week, but Canada and the US have done massive, massive buy orders from Pfizer. Pfizer only. Yep. Pfizer really got on. For all 5 to 11-year-olds. Pushed them all out. In Pushed Canada the rest out. and the US. Yep. To get at least two jabs in the next year. It's so it's. And can, well, speaking of Canada, Canada today uh, today is the deadline for people in Canada to be vaccinated or no travel. Trains, planes, no travel within Canada, even. Yeah, or or leaving Canada, you're locked into the country basically. Not only you're locked in the country, you're locked into your own. If you don't have a car, you're locked into your own uh, locale. Um, locked into your town, as far as you can walk, basically, or bicycle. Or float down a river. Um, yes, yeah, so that's a. Obviously, it's totalitarian. It's uh, totalitarian. It's ridiculous. It's and you know you just call it, have to call it what it is. You know, might be scary, but call it what it is. You know, gotta look the scary thing. This Halloween, let's look the scary things in the face and not be afraid. Yeah, let's encourage and call them what they are. Let's encourage others. To do what we've been doing it for. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's do it. <laughs> All you people out there. Um. um yeah, but the, the then you contrast it with these world leaders and massive entourages flying all over the world. There's yeah. no restrictions. Joe Biden. There's a pretense of face mask. Um, yeah, let's look at Biden arriving in Rome this week to to save the planet. Well, he wasn't there to save the planet. He was there to talk about it's, Catholicism. The agendas were bl- blurred. Yeah, they were between del- the two. Yeah, again, as you, you, it's hard to separate COVID and and building back better from. Mm-hmm. Saving the planet agenda. Yeah. So this is Biden arriving in Rome. Uh, this is just some of his entourage. Play that video. There he is in, in in the beast, the green car that his green former buddy Obama first used. It's green, is it? It's green. Yeah. Uh, no, it isn't. Eighty-five cars. That's not even all of it. Uh, ostensibly, because in Italy there's a restriction against more than four people driving in any car at any one time. Right. They have to spread it out. But that's where conflicts with uh, with the saving the planet, right? COVID requirements mean that you have to burn more uh, carbon, more, or increase your carbon footprint, right? At least in his case, you had to burn. You have to burn more fossil fuels in all those cars uh, because of COVID. Right, but in most cases, most people aren't running around. He had an entourage of 800 people. 800 people came from D.C. Yep. With Biden. To fly them there, yeah, on the planes. Most of us don't have such an entourage. So in in general, because of the restrictions, indeed, there's been a massive drop-off in Mm -hmm. the amount of energy that people need, you know? Yeah, I've been using, yeah. um, Yeah, well, yeah, so, so they're, but today they're all heading for Glasgow, yeah? Yes. COP26. And up there, they're using biodiesel, right? Yeah. What was the deal with that? That they wanted, the, the, we talked about this last week, I think, they yeah. want the, the, the Glen Eagles Hotel where the, the 25,000 people coming from around the world, delegates, 25,000 people are flying, most of them, to Glasgow in order to talk about how we can stop using uh, airline fuel. <laughs> 25,000. Um it's a big, it's just, it's the annual, is it every year? Um, no. I think so. No. 
Yes, it is. It is every year, yeah. It is every year. So but every five years, it's a special one. It's this special. is a special one. This is a special one. Where they have to agree on something. So it's an annual exercise. push it forward. It's an annual exercise in mind, progr- mind programming 25,000 people, all, all movers and shakers in their, in their different uh, countries and, and domains uh, around a green agenda. Including Greta, the climate expert from to destroy the, Norway? To destroy the planet, yeah. And, and yeah, to save the planet by destroying it. Well, they'll, they'll probably see it as well. That's far less than the amount of people who we stopped from flying last year and therefore saved. We have a carbon deficit, <laughs> a, a surplus mm. that we can spend, oh, we can spend for it. them. Shouldn't you be saving it? Well, they're meeting to... To sort out all the problems. Yeah. Because yeah. they're going to sort out all the problems. Um, yeah, so basically at the hotel that they're going to, uh, the, the place, the hotel they stay in is about an hour's drive to the conference center yeah. or wherever it is and they have so they were ferrying them back and forth every day in electric cars in, in Teslas yeah. to promote electric cars uh, which are green which are green because you in quotes mine a shitload of minerals and okay and create all sorts of pollution as a result of making electric cars anyway um, but they didn't have the charging stations to they had nowhere near enough they only had one, I think, at the hotel. Yeah. So what did they do? They brought in generators. Diesel generators, right? Apparently not. No. Why? What is? What was it? They went. They went semi-green. They brought in biodiesel generators. Biodiesel, and that's better than diesel. Vegetable oil. That's vegetable oil. Apparently, it's better. It's better, and do you know how it's better? It's not. Do you know, oil. Do you know what makes it a green, a green fuel? It's been reused. It was used no. to make your dinner first. And That's now it's going to fuel the no, car. No, the main reason that it's a green fuel is because it's derived from plants, and plants um, sequester uh, CO two. So the more you use of it, the more you'd have to plant. It itself is polluting, but because it comes from plants, in theory, when you use up the crops, the corn or whatever it is, or sunflowers, then you have to. Uh, uh, replant them and they'll take care of the climate problem and the volcanoes and the earthquakes. <laughs> Plant more sunflowers and stop yeah. volcanoes. Except mass... That lava, that, that lava in uh, the La Palma volcano? It's because you and me didn't plant enough sunflowers. Right. Just remember that. Um, and be ashamed. Uh yeah, that's, that's true. I, I looked it up, actually. The US government considers biodiesel to be carbon neutral because the plants that are the sources of the feedstocks for making biodiesel, such as soybeans and palm oil trees, absorb carbon, carbon dioxide as they grow. That's what gives it its green status. Yeah, but the spread of big agriculture in the 20th century was surely one of the single largest yeah, for uses sure, of fossil fuels. Yeah, and how did you make that happen? Nitrogen growth, fertilizer. From... from Oil. Right. Don't talk about those things. They're just, they're, they hurt my brain. It, I, the when, whole when subject. Start, this is start, why I'm like, this the whole subject. When you it's scratch so the freaking, uh, every way in, there's no, there's no logic. It has, a, you can appreciate that it has its own internal logic. Because, yeah. you know, we're sitting here, we're, we're kind of being sarcastic and we're trying to uh, relay the story, the, the model of mm. the world as they see it. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, we keep getting stumped because there are all these background assumptions that produce contradictions that actually undermine what they the say. rationale of why they say what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why it's hard to even pretend to get in sync with their story is because it's so opposite in total to where they say it's going. They say it's going to a better world, a safer world, a greener world, um, a less, a more stable one, a less chaotic one. It's in fact accelerating the opposite. It's chaos. Right. Arguably even, we think we're probably the outlier in this, that there's a direct connection between increasing climate chaos and what they're doing, mm-hmm. which is definitely going to be a hard sell because how do you, you can't, it's very difficult to explain in material terms. Mm-hmm. Part of their issue is that they think they've spent the last four decades studying in detail and they've done enough. The science is settled, right? We've got it now. We have the big picture. They have the model of the biosphere as a whole. They have all the inputs and the outputs. They know what causes roughly this to cause that, to cause the chain reaction and what the overall, and then they know that if we just tweak these inputs down here, namely emissions, bring them down, mm-hmm. that'll bring down temperature, that'll mm-hmm. um, calm down the life cycle of water, there'll be less intense deluges, there'll be less desertification over the blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Their model is purely materialistic. It is not based on an accurate representation of what's been happening. Mm. Well, it the, does not explain increasing volcanic activity. No, or, or earthquakes. Or, or even just changing patterns in, in, in the weather. water cycle. Mm-hmm. It, it, cannot, it cannot account for jet stream meandering. Yeah. So it's a superstition, really. It's an extreme... Yeah, it's a superstition. It's an extremely narrow-minded view of, of science. Yep. And the world, the Gaia, that they just so they put them to elevate themselves to God, like said, we're going to save Gaia mm-hmm. because we understand we us and Gaia we're like you know mm-hmm. hermanos. We understand each other. Mm. They don't have the first fainting clue that the jet stream is largely influenced what? by cosmic, yeah, by solar by the sun, yeah. influences. Yeah, yeah. Well, they must. Some, some of them must do, but then there is obviously that out there that. That science is out there, but it's, it tends to be ignored in favor of the anthropogenic or human-centered <clears throat> cause to everything. It's like narcissism gone crazy, you know, yeah. off the rails, you know. We are the, the end, the end and the beginning and the end, you know. The alpha and the omega of everything. It's all, it all revolves around human, around human beings and obviously the, the political elite see themselves as the, the final arbiters of pretty much everything. They like to see themselves as the final yeah. arbiters of, of pretty much everything. But in terms of what you were saying about uh, us being outliers in terms of our explanation that uh, this kind of misrule and destructive policies by, by leaders bring on in a certain sense in some strange way a science that we don't know anything about. Uh, it doesn't really exist at this point. Um, although it does exist in, in history, uh, most notably recorded in the idea of the mandate of heaven. Yeah, the ancient China. Yeah. I mean, and that, you know, there's, there's historical records showing that uh, catastrophes beset the, the human population on the planet at a t- you know, in the aftermath or immediately around the time of significant or serious misrule by, by leaders, you know. So it was an idea that was held to for many for, for a very long time in human societies, that whenever uh, leaders were corrupt and evil and abused their power, 
that that quickly led to a, uh, you know, you could say it was just coincidence, but... No, not likely. They probably extracted those observations based on recurrence, based on just watching what actually happens. Right. And they write down stuff like the sky darkened, the crops failed. Yeah. Things went cold and dark for a long right. period well, of that's time. Well, that's all true, but that, that, and that can be correlated with actual events. What I'm saying is it, they're linking it with a misrule. Yeah. Could be coincidence, you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's that idea, that concept of misrule leading to those kind of events, you know what I mean? But like I, like I said, uh, historians would say, well, that was just kind of coincidence. It just happened to be that at that point in time you had a lot of chaos, a lot of corruption in a, in a country and a government, and then it led to... and then. Coincidentally, you had a major volcanic eruption or a major earthquake or tsunamis, whatever, you know, that destroyed uh, whole civilizations at certain points in time, you know. But it's something to keep your eye on, you know. And I suppose you'll find out afterwards. <laughs> if, if it so happens that over the next, you know, in a short period of time after this extreme misrule by global leaders, we end up in some kind of a, a major foobar uh, from the point of view of earth changes or any of the things I just mentioned, then we'll know that, hey, those people way back when, they were onto something. So, yeah, just throw up, uh, I just before we move on to straight into the, the COP thing and the, the green agenda and stuff, I just, there's one thing I forgot to mention about uh, people being stupid. And even smart people, although this one's pretty old, put up uh, Chomsky there. People already know probably that Chomsky was... Um, has been saying some rather stupid things over the past while about COVID. But here he said a few days ago, the unvaccinated should just remove themselves from society. How do we get? How can we get food to them, asks Chomsky. Well, that's actually their problem. So here we have a guy who, you know, is probably, who, who knows what people know him for or as. Well, in the 60s, he was a libertarian. Exactly. Well, he was, for me, he's, he, I, I know him as the guy who wrote a book called Manufacturing Consent, um, <clears throat> which argues that the mass communication media in the US and around the world are effective and powerful ideological institutions that carry out a system-supportive propaganda function by reliance on market forces, internalized assumptions, and self-censorship without overt coercion by means of a propaganda model of communication. So basically what he was saying was that, you know, uh, government institutions manipulate, lie to, and in that way coerce people into doing things that are not good for them. And uh, he wrote a whole book about it. His old self just described the last 18 months. Right. And his new self, for some reason, has totally lost the plot. Maybe it's because he's, I think he's, what is he, like, um, in his 90s now, 92? Can you put it down to that? I don't know. He still seems quite erudite and coherent when he talks. Certainly coherent enough to be able to say that uh, the unvaccinated should be left to starve. Um, so yeah, that's an example of, you know, an example of what I was saying earlier on is that, you know, you have to come to terms, people have to come to terms with, with the idea that people who are otherwise very intelligent and, you know, held up as, you know, references, reference points for different things are, are not uh, infallible and often can be extremely stupid in what they say, that they have massive blind spots and they can, their intelligence, it doesn't serve them very well, it seems, when it really matters. In good times, when they can... When it challenges their beliefs. Right. right. Um, 
you can follow Chomsky on a specialized topic and go, mm, mm -hmm, yeah, totally. Uh, U.S. imperialism, CIA wars, mm -hmm. CIA torture, mm -hmm. 70s, 80s, into the 90s. And then, well, for me, I was perplexed why he just, at the time, it makes sense in hindsight because it was totally impolitic to discuss 9-11 and any anomalous activity that day. But at the time, he just dismissed it, like wave of the hand in several months afterwards. Mm. But then I got another kind of red flag when I went, oh, he's, he's ardently against any, any suggestion that there was a conspiracy involved in the assassination of JFK. Right. Even though it's on the record, yeah. in some cases with one legal precedent, I think where a court did rule in a, a different case that mm -hmm. there was valid grounds mm -hmm. in, a, in a civil trial, mm -hmm. not a criminal trial. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, and that dismissive thing, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's a guy who, who like his just, intelligence just goes to zero yeah. once a belief, right, comes once in. It conflicts with a certain belief. Yeah. 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 I mean, he argued. He argued for most of his career, or a big part of his career, was arguing the case for, like you just said, the CIA torturing people and launching wars and manipulations. You know, wars to to effectively manipulate people and manipulate the policy in various countries and. Uh, using terrorism effectively to to manufacture consent uh, in, in one way or another, and um, but for some reason that idea that forms a big part of his whole his 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 his, his, well, that model. his belief and his his, his 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 understanding of how the world works uh, is total is is no it's not possible to apply that to the current situation when the only thing you have to do is replace bombs. And war with and Raytheon, uh, yeah, with a manufactured virus, with a manufactured virus, and Pfizer, and you have exactly the same thing. But he can't see it. That's why I don't understand how he can't see it. Surely you should just be able to see the pattern. Once you see the pattern, then you can assume plug it in. Yeah, for this, right? This, it works. It works. It works for this. When the results, when you see the effects, you can assume that if you're seeing those effects or those results, then the cause is. You should, at the very least investigate whether or not the cause is the same yeah. as, as it was in previous instances with a different methodology. But weird. Anyway, uh, just another example of why you should really not believe people uh, like uh, former authorities, let's say, on certain topics. Anyway, back to COP. Yeah, you mentioned a, a notable girl there. Uh, just stick up the independent um, <laughs> uh, article there, Scotty. Um, this is... Um, yeah, so this is starting today, cop. Greta's mobbed. So this is, yeah, you can play it if you want. Glimpse of her. A little whippet stuck in the middle there. Um, the people there. That, that ginger guy, the daywalker, he's protecting her. She's got a mask on. Her, her, her teenage friends are all going to save the planet. Um, All right. 
Greta, save us. Save us, Greta. Um, what are they thinking? That maybe if they touch her garment... Probably, yeah. Some of her... They'll reduce her carbon footprint. Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah. They'll, become, they'll go green. They'll go... They'll turn green. They'll go fully green. Yeah. They'll go Hulk. Hulk no, they'll go fully green, yeah. They'll, they'll absorb some of her greenness. Anyway, yeah, here you have a, at this international climate carbon reduction conference and how to change radically change the world economy without killing people or with killing lots of people. Uh, and the person who's mobbed the most is an 18-year-old autistic girl. Autistic spectrum girl. Yeah. What, what, and what, is, and what, and what we want to know what she has to say. She says, I think she saw her quoted as saying that we, 1.2 degrees Celsius increase could be coming sometime soon. Greta says. Greta, right. 1.2. She, she, yeah. she, she made, the, she, she did the, she ran the models herself uh-huh. and came up with that. Oh, well, I think she's. On, on her, what do you call it? Chalkboard. Doodle sketch, yeah. Yeah. Sketch a. Uh, well, she's either very well read, <clears throat> up to date with their IPCC reports and mm. whatnot, or she's maybe you know, like in times past, maybe she's a cyborg. And uh, well, maybe she's a cyborg, but maybe then she's also has this the Midas touch of kind of special religious freaks from days of past, you know, like not quite Joan of Arc, but yeah. Well, all kinds of people that ended up being put on pedestals because, you know, like a Fatima in Portugal, mm. 1917. Yeah, yeah. Those kids, I mean, they were mobbed in their <coughs> time for being, having some connection with <coughs> something. They thought with God. Yeah. But maybe it's a similar kind of secular version of, she, you don't, she's, <coughs> she's communicating from a divine level. She's div- divinating effectively. Yeah. She's not Divining. a super genius. She's not a scientist. But she's... Uh, but she doesn't need to be. She has the well, connection There's, there's with, a certain... I think the aspect of her that appeals to people is the innocence. She's, she was obviously very young. She's only 13 or 14 when she started off in this or yeah. less. And she has this innocence and she you know, speaks with passion and stuff. And it's it's her and her future. And she's a, she's a symbol in a certain sense. You know, and people are blurring that idea of her, her being used. Certainly she's been used as a symbol. <clears throat> for those reasons, for the whole uh, renewables and save the planet type thing, uh, but they're mixing it up with her actually knowing what the hell she's talking about and, and forgetting that she's only a teenager who doesn't know what she's talking about and she's just a symbol, you know what I mean? Um, she's not going to save the planet like and, and nobody else is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just... But also there's a lot of lack of faith in it. She's, in, she's a, an example of what people turn to whenever there's... a a collapse of faith or trust in, in government, government leadership, actual adult leadership, when it seemed to be extremely corrupt and uh, <coughs> working against the population, they think they can get Greta to be president or something, and she'll make all the decisions. Can you imagine? <coughs> don't, just, don't forget, though, there's also something kind of like the illusion of crowds. Sometimes a crowd, like that mob surrounded by the police, and I don't know how many people were there to, to greet her, mm. It makes it look like we're watching that at home in the news. Oh, gosh, oh, it gets a lot of people. Maybe most people are behind us. Didn't you find some um, 
poll of polls that showed that of all the things, about 15 different topics that people globally were polled on as to what urgently needs to be fixed by their government leaders now. Right. Climate change was the last. Yes. On that. Yes. Way below everything. Well, else. yeah, because it's not relevant to, to the average person, right? It's not relevant to to to, to their daily lives, and people are are um, are suffering, and a lot of people are increasingly, you know, suffering in in, in, in many different ways, but primarily in <clears throat> when it comes down to it, it's you know, money and jobs and keeping a roof over your head and being able to pay the bills and that kind of stuff. That's obviously first and foremost. Uh, or the, the the first and foremost uh, cons- consideration or, or concern people have, the idea of you know changing the planet and stuff is is only for the people who don't have any of those concerns. You know, yeah, um, they're the ones who would who would be to some extent enthusiastic about it. So, but the vast majority of people aren't like that, and they're not concerned about uh, climate change or uh, stopping using fossil fuels or whatever. You know, and I think a lot of people. A lot of people just don't speak up on, on these topics, you know. But when they're asked directly, they'll, they'll tell you what they actually think. And that's what most of the people on the planet actually think, which is this is complete nonsense. Uh, it needs to stop. But they don't know what to do about it. And they can't do anything about it, you know. They're they're effectively being held captive by by these global politicians who are just pushing this agenda that, like we keep saying, if they continue with it, are going to... If they push through, if they're mad enough to continue to push it through to its final conclusion, they are going to destroy hundreds of millions of lives. Yeah, <clears throat> by trying to turn the planet over to, and I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that they will turn it over, but in the process, they're going to destroy the global economy. If and I, it's still, it's still, for me, it's still beyond belief that they yeah. will actually go any distance towards doing this. Yeah, but. The consistency of their rhetoric now is... I can't, can't, I can't rule it out. Um, it, it's kind of... The, the, a key similarity between the COVID nonsense and this is that it's something you can't see mm-hmm. for the most part. And you can't do anything about it? Absolutely. Unless you rely on your, your, your government leaders. Yeah. And so they had to you know, literally bring in behavioral psychologists at the beginning of this put them into special psych units attached to government messaging and media mm-hmm. and massively oversell. Mm-hmm. Like, you can imagine, they, they, they have, we've seen the, the, the confessions. They literally sat down and said, okay, well, we know this isn't actually the plague of all plagues, but we're going to have to spin this to get people on board with it. Okay? So they know there isn't something real out there on that, on that score that merits the kinds of things they went and did. Well, there's a similarity with the climate thing. You've got most people going, why on earth are they talking about the end of the world? Mm -hmm. There's no explicit signs of it. You know what I mean? It it, it does beg the question, are they such incredible, you know, seers? Are they actually prognosticating something? But ahead of it arriving... Yeah, because they, their, their language, their rhetoric only increases. I, I think we should play. Pick a choice. We've got Boris Johnson speaking Do Boris. at the Coliseum. We've also got Prince Charles with similar rhetoric. Do both. Okay. Do Boris. Um, that's, that's the last link I sent you, Scott. This is the British Prime Minister two days ago choosing to speak to the press. You said... Was it his decision? I'm not sure. 
at the Colosseum, obviously a symbol of the collapse of the Roman Empire. It's four minutes. We probably won't listen to all of it, but let's get the gist of, of what he was saying. You said these days ahead of us. Uh, you've talked about them as if they're a sort of date with destiny, but you've also talked about them as a way station. Which is it? Well, it's both. Because unless you can, unless you can make sure at COP next week in Glasgow uh, that we, we keep alive this prospect of restricting the growth in the temperature of the, of the planet, then we really face a, a, a real problem for, for humanity. And uh, I think I, on, the, on the plane yesterday, I, I, I tried to suggest to you that you know, civilization could go backwards and, and history could go into reverse. And here we are, Gary, uh, in, the, in the Colosseum of, uh, of Vespasian. Uh, the, the Roman Empire, uh, they weren't expecting it, went into a, a, a reverse. And, things, and, and, and we had a, a dark ages. When the Roman Empire fell... Uh, it was largely as a result of uncontrolled immigration. People, uh, that the empire could no longer control its borders. Well, People came in uh, from uh, the east and all over the place. And Pause it there for a second. Fact check. That's not what happened. But, okay, that is more or less a conventional, conventionally accepted historical reason for the collapse of Rome. Barbarian hordes coming in. After. After. Collapse after collapse so he's it's bizarre that he would mix up the metaphors because he's getting slandered at home mainly by lefties uh, anyone else who doesn't like him because oh look he's dog whistling to the right anti-migration mm -hmm. i don't know why he threw that in there because well, the migration thing is, is to do with the increase the whole the whole idea is increasing increasing temperature like he said uh -huh. one aspect but the main aspect aspect according to them Increasing temperature causes a change in climate patterns, which causes all sorts of, um, you know, crazy weather Bizarre happening, weather which events. causes uh, crop failures, which causes people to leave countries. Which okay, causes maybe migration. that's what he was that, saying. That sure. is what he's saying. Okay. That's the whole idea. That's the whole the whole thing. Okay, let's carry on. Yeah. Then. All right. Well, Europe went into a dark age. You used another that lasted a very long time, and so my, the, point, the point of that yes. is to say that it can happen again. People should not be so conceited as to imagine that history is a, is a one-way ratchet. You used another analogy on the plane as well. You said we're 5-1 down at half-time. Um, it's not maybe your most familiar sport, but people don't come back from 5-1 after half-time. Well, How much do people panic? I, I, not always. Uh, they don't, and I think it's the, the, the point of that particular metaphor and I, you know, I, I'm going to be humble with you Gary and say that you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't perhaps watch enough football but yes it's going to be very very tough to, so, to, to equalise. So it's going to be very very tough to get the agreement that we need you, but what we're trying to do is to get the world leaders to focus yeah. on the, the concrete tangible Exactly and that's what I want to ask you about. You've now got to e extract some uh, final promises uh, from people, yes, uh, from nations. Blah, and they're going to turn around and say, oh, we've got to accept it. He's basically said enough there. Go straight the into point. Charles. Huh? Go into Charles. Okay. Let's, um, let's get the two of them well, together. Well, I have to... Uh, big, get big ears there. So, Prince Charles, I mean, what the hell? Boris, yeah, he's the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. He, of course, he's going to have stuff to say at the G20 in Rome, but what the... Prince Charles isn't supposed to be. He's supposed to be non-political. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, isn't it? That, that this whole thing is being presented as 
one big happy family of global leaders. And this concern, is about politics. We're, yeah, we're just concerns doing, us all. Yeah. Anyway, this guy is practically like some kind of ambassador for the very topic, which arguably is British establishment policy since uh, the 1970s. Let's have a listen. Now, after, I suppose, very nearly 50 years of trying to raise awareness of the growing uh, climate and environmental crisis, I'm at last sensing a change in attitudes and the build-up of positive momentum. Hmm. As you know, listening is often more important than speaking. And I have listened closely to leaders of many countries, particularly Commonwealth nations, whose communities are some of the most climate vulnerable uh, on this earth. It is also impossible not to hear the despairing voices of young people who see you, ladies and gentlemen, as the stewards of the planet, holding the viability of their future in your hands. And I've listened to those leaders of the private sector who are now more and more anxious to invest in the projects and new technologies that could establish a more rapid transition to sustainability. Okay, that's one of his more sober moments. He's also said stuff like, in the last few years, we have about 100 months left over goners. Hmm. Goners, as in, it's over. Literally, it's this year or the next, it's over. What, what is with the utter definitive urgency behind both that message and Bojo's as well, where mm. he's like, listen, he, like he really genuinely sounds Boris Johnson when he's standing there. He's chosen the freaking Coliseum, of mm. all places to say it. He, he seems sincerely pleading, like, look, I know you can't see it now, and people are going, what the hell do they want us to do all these drastic things for when we can't see what the danger they're talking about? But he's saying, I know you can't see it, but we are about to, there's a high risk, have a major civilizational collapse, hence the Rome analogy. Mm-hmm. Any day now. Sure. Does he believe that? Is that what's motivating him to go against everything we know he knows to the contrary, that in fact temperatures are cooling? He was writing editorials about it in the Telegraph 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. We know he knows better. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously they're being... Um Obviously, they've been told some something. They're, they have inside information. They're being told by advisors. Obviously, Boris Johnson, uh, neither Boris Johnson nor, nor Prince Charles nor Joe Biden or any of them <clears throat> that are speaking publicly on this have really any understanding or any you know personal understanding that they got themselves. They, they they didn't do the research. They don't know. They're being told this by other people. Sure. So the question is, who are those other people, and where they're getting the information from? Um, uh, there was back to give you an example. Just send to Scotty now. <clears throat> um, this was back in two thousand four. It's, it's not the CIA. Two thousand four. So this has been around for a long time, um, <clears throat> and it's from uh, yeah, from the Guardian, and this is what is it? 60, 17 years ago. Um, you can just throw that up. Oh, it's got a blurb in the front of it. It even tells you, actually, at the top, this article is more than 17 years old. Now the Pentagon tells Bush, climate change will destroy us. Secret report warns of rioting and nuclear war. Well, you can forget about nuclear war. 
Britain will be Siberian in less than 20 years and threats to the world is greater than terrorism. Uh, just look at the f- first, second paragraph. A secret report suppressed by U.S. defense chiefs and obtained by the Observer warn that the major European cities will be sunk and beneath rising seas as Britain is plunged into a Siberian climate by 2020. Siberian climate. And, of course, they've spun the whole global warming in recent years to include cooling, right? So it's not just about warming anymore, but they still... It gets too complicated. If you're going to turn around and say it's going to be cooling and warming or warming and cooling, it gets very complicated. It's better to stick to a single message, a single actionable point, you know, something that can lodge in the minds of the population. It's going to get too hot. Uh, Sea levels are going to rise and bad stuff's going to happen. So pick one or the other. Don't say both because people will say, well, cooling and warming, what do you mean? They think they come, come come at it from the point of view that it's all too complicated for the for the population, and you just got to stick to simple, 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 simple. simple catchphrases. Basically, you know, uh, that's what people are getting uh, and have been getting. But um, that's an example of seventeen years ago. Bush was being told supposedly by the Pentagon uh, that climate change will destroy us. And they were talking about 20 years, in, in, in 20 years, yeah. less than 20 years, so and in 20, 2020, they were saying. And there will be widespread rioting. Widespread rioting. And, and disruption and conflict. And they quoted. said immigration, water war, wars for water, all that kind of stuff, and mass movements of people across the globe. So they said that 17 years ago. And that was probably one that was uh, a latecomer as well. They probably had other reports before then. So th- but those, don't, the don't social wonder, effects that they're saying. But don't wonder then about where Boris Johnson is getting his information from when that was being told to Bush 17 years ago. The thing is that the, the social division and disruption that will become endemic, that report said, by 2020. They're close. That has happened. But it's happened because of what, of they've done. what they're doing. Right. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. Well, the, you the, could the, see it. The could... X factor is how in the <clears throat> God's name did they know the climate? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the big... Sixty-four million dollar question, right? Is is what? How? What? What models can you run? You're obviously not running any scientific models necessarily, or maybe you are. I don't know how, how many. Do they have supercomputers and stuff that can that can delve into this kind of stuff and produce some kind of a report or some kind of an estimation? And does it include all sorts of variables, including like, like cosmic variables and all that kind of stuff? Um, but apparently, they they did and. To, some, to one extent or another, they did some kind of investigation and they came up with the idea that back in 2004 and probably beforehand, that 20 years later, like around now, you would have uh, climate change destroying the planet, destroying us, or at the very least, you know, totally upending the whole system and it being chaos. Now, if they take that seriously, I don't know how they got their models or what they're running with. Maybe they're looking at his, uh, previous historical events or some kind of cycles that these kind of, that there is some kind of a cyclical catastrophe type situation going on on the planet and maybe they believe that who knows but anyway they're convinced and they've been telling people uh, politicians for a long time that this is the case and if they if, what do they what do they do about that then they say okay well let's just hang around and wait till it happens you know do we uh, do we alert the population we can't do anything about it if that's the case if it's some kind of natural cyclical environmental catastrophe there's nothing we can do about it the best we can do is pre- prepare for it right and that may be what you're seeing in terms of what they've done over the past 18 months and in recent years by increasing control uh, Taxes. O- over the population. The costs of things. Yeah, exactly. To, uh, to try and... To make life, to force sustainability. Right. Uh, increase poverty. 
Yeah, but I don't even know. I don't even know if that's it. Really, it's more. It doesn't really make much sense to me, even this way of thinking about it. But if they presume, if they expect that something like this is going to be ha- going to happen, there's going to be chaos, food shortages, water wars, mass migration, climate catastrophe, destruction, uh, disruption. Um, what do you do if you're in politics and you want to maintain your position uh, and and your role as having control over the population? What do you do? Will you, will you lock them down? You, you teach them what lockdown means. You instill a sense in the population, I suppose, of imminent doom. But be almost benevolent in a certain sense without telling them exactly what was going on. But, imminent but, doom coupled with... Um, a, there's a way out of it. Right. Of Hitch, course, that has to Hitch be. Hitch to us. Because that justifies their positions. Yeah. Because if they were to tell the population that there's no way out of it, that basically this is a cyclical uh, phenomenon. phenomenon that, you know, um, and it's just, it's a natural phenomenon and you all just got to suck it up, then, well, then there'd be chaos, right? The explanation it, or, or the rationale behind that is I, if, if you release that information, there'd be chaos. There'd be rioting and looting in the streets. And but in fact, social order all, would break what down. there would be would be... People would start to form together in the groups or communities and start People thinking go, about what do we things. need you lot for then? Yeah. yeah, and they would self-organize, I suppose, and a lot of them would anyway, you know. Uh, but then that means a removal of their positions of power and control over the population. So it is all nefarious in that respect, and it's all self-interested on their part. On their part. So, um, yeah. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, certainly they... You know, so in that sense, the COVID, whole COVID restrictions, COVID being a ruse from the get-go or a means to an end to impose these kind of controls and restrictions on the population makes sense. That's the only thing that really maps to reality. Everybody out there with any sense is looking at the whole, you know, the past 18 months and saying, this is, this is not a pandemic. There's nothing, what they say is going on is not going on. That's not what's happening. But what they have done is terrorize the population, teach them what lockdown means, and get condition them, them. And get and condition them to getting to, to to locking themselves in their homes and you know kind of Pavlovian uh, programming in a certain sense. So, what about that? Yeah. Did you see the the UN Dino? Yeah, video? do you want to play that? Go on if you want. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> <It's> just, <clears throat> similar messaging, but again, it's compl- it's confused as hell. Talk about trying to uh, bend reality. Uh, <laughs> it's like you're all doomed unless here it is. Here, Rep- reptiloids. <laughs> so many things that can be said it's about not it. reptiloids or th reptoids. Anyway, play the video. Reptiloids at the helm of the UN. You don't need it's, you don't need the explanation. Just want play the video. It's self-explanatory, right? Well, anyone does. Oh yeah, so there's a okay. So a dinosaur walks into the UN basically in this video. CGI dinosaur. Basically, a velociraptor from Jurassic Park. 
You okay? You need a minute? Cool. Listen up, people. I know a thing or two about extinction. And let me tell you, and you'd kind of think this would be obvious, going extinct is a bad thing. And driving yourselves extinct? In 70 million years, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. At least we had an asteroid. What's your excuse? You're headed for a climate disaster, and yet every year governments spend hundreds of billions of public funds on fossil fuel subsidies. Imagine if we had spent hundreds of billions per year subsidizing giant meteors. Mm. That's what you're doing right now. Pretty much. Think of all the other things you could do with that money. Around the world, people are living in poverty. Don't you think helping them would make more sense than, I don't know, paying for the demise of your entire species? Let me be real for a second. You've got a huge opportunity right now. As you rebuild your economies and bounce back from this pandemic, this is humanity's big chance. So here's my wild idea. Don't choose extinction. Save your species before it's too late. It's time for you humans to stop making excuses and start making changes. Thank you. Yeah, there's so many levels to that one. Um, subsidizing, imagine you're subsidizing meteors while getting back to the mandate of heaven. That was a UN-produced production. Yeah, getting back to the mandate of heaven, that's pretty much what people are doing. Uh, that's what leaders are doing if you follow that, if you believe in the idea of the mandate of heaven, that's what they're doing right now by creating this, uh, creating the suffering and chaos on the planet through the work, through the, by what politicians are doing. Uh, they're essentially subsidizing giant meteors. Or they could be subsidizing giant meteors or giant volcanoes or giant earthquakes if you, you know, if there's some if there's some validity to the idea of the mandate of heaven. Uh, but also, you know, what's the connection? I mean, okay, I know it's dinosaur. They were killed by a meteorite. They couldn't do anything about it. They didn't, you know. They maybe they maybe they could. I don't know. Well, the segue that they got Jack Black in his script to use was that, at least in your case, yeah, it's man-made. Yeah. You see, that's the special clause for all this. Whenever they say the, – the scientists who respond or try to over the decades by saying, hey, but hang on a second, objection. There have been warming periods before. Mm-hmm. As the counter has always been, but this one's special. Yeah, we're special. Because the warming now is man-made. Mm-hmm. It isn't, but that's the special clause in all this. Mm. Um, hence the special pleading in the argument put forth by Velociraptor there – at least you can do something about it. Mm, mm-hmm. But it's, 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 it's childish, it's dangerous, and it's the complete opposite to reality. Mm-hmm. If the cyclical catastrophes, like the dinosaurs, and possibly for us, I don't think it's, ex- hopefully it's not extinction level threat, mm-hmm. but the, the UN is claiming that it, mm-hmm. the narrative level to get people behind it, it's Again, extinction. the rhetoric is freaking extreme. Yeah, They're talking extinction yeah. now or never. Yeah, you're going extinct, yeah, because you're burning fossil fuels, which is complete nonsense. It's not extinction, obviously. Even if in the worst-case scenario, it's not extinction. Um, extinction of the, of, the, of the species on the planet happens 
through cosmic forces, not through man-made forces. Man, human forces don't have the ability to extinct every every living species or even the human species on the planet. Uh, so it's just it's extremist hyperbole, like you know. So um, yeah, again, though, it seems to be fueled by they genuinely think well something's coming, and yeah, at least the believers they feel that something's we, we've coming. already suspected that the smart ones. They're not all that dumb. The smart ones with the real power and influence will know that, no, there isn't anything to be done. But we can at least shepherd the side effects of this mm-hmm. as, as it kicks in. And they hope control enough people and not lose them, so to speak. Well, they may have the idea that uh, in, a, in, an, in a situation where there's climate chaos, as, as per the Pentagon report to Bush 17 years ago, and you have massive immigration across the planet and all that kind of stuff, and crop failures and food shortages, that, that, um, that implies a lot of serious chaos uh, in different parts of the world where that, where, where, that are directly impacted by that. And that the best way, well, the, the, the real problem there is people, too many people. So if there's some way to, like, kill them all off, or to precipitate that kind of a thing in a managed way. You know what I mean? It's almost like, I think that's the idea that I kind of hit on or, or settled on, even if it's, you know, just as an idea, is that they want, they see chaos, social chaos, breaking out as a result of these climate uh, uh, events and the, the, the climate chaos situation. And rather than just let that happen, it w- which would be in an uncontrolled way, um, they want to manage it themselves in a controlled way. Right. So, you know, move people, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, condition get, people get, such that when the things start becoming obvious and they're seeing them, try and condition them so that what they're seeing is seen through the lens that they put over their eyes. Yeah, for sure. And also, but also the idea that if you. You know, if the if if the basic idea is that large numbers of people might die as a result of climate chaos, well, then the solution might be to engineer large numbers of deaths via a more controlled mechanism, which would be trying to do away with fossil fuels in a very short period of time, in the process destroying the global economy and causing mass mass starvation. But if you're initiating it at all, you might have some idea, some some measure of control over it, over who comes where, when, whatever. But if you just let it happen, then it'll be completely random and, and chaotic, and you won't be able to control it. I mean, it's a delusional idea, obviously, yeah. but this is, this it's, is it's the best they got, you know. It's the best they got. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, you could just throw all of that out as well and say these people don't really know what they're yeah. doing. They're just holding on to some a little threads of ideas here and there, but they don't know really what they're doing, and their main thing right now and it's only a short term goal that they have which is maintain their positions of power and control of the population in whatever way they can in the context of crazy shit happening all over the planet how do we maintain day to day control for us, keep my position of power and influence and to hell with the future that's a more rational assessment of the situation because otherwise you get into too much conspiratorial 
long-term planning and, yeah, and you're having, having control over things that yeah. are really aren't under their control. You know what I mean? You're giving them too much lot, power. You're filling in a lot of blank. You're giving them power. Giving them too much power. That they are what but they, they like, kind of want to give off the impression that, right, that they have, but they don't have it. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think anything's supposed to come out of this. COP26, nothing came out of no. Rome except uh, a global agreement to Ireland's in trouble, limit any country having anything less than a 15% corporate tax rate. So that was nothing to do on the face of it with the, uh, the rhetoric surrounding the event, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, just uh, there's one, one story I saw it, um, today. Uh, if I can find it, but it was um, it was the headlines in the Irish Independent today that farmers were very angry that um, that they were going to be forced by the government. Farmers in Ireland are going to be forced by the government to reduce their uh, their emissions by thirty percent. And of course, emissions. What does that mean? Well, it means uh, reduction in and <laughs> how often they use their tractors. And how often they use farm machinery, and how, and how much fertilizer they use, all that kind of stuff. So basically, they're saying, and maybe how many cattle they have. Yeah, how many cattle they have for sure. It's it's, it's associated with that whole thing of them talking about re reducing the global consumption, meat consumption of meat, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they're putting stuff like that out there in, in the name of reducing carbon emissions. They're talking about destroying a, a significant section of the farming industry, which provides people food. There's no other way to spin that. I mean, there you go. That's it. That's yeah. it. The governments right now across the world are pushing the agenda of destroying significant parts of the farming industry at the very least. And, and that's, just, that's not to mention all the other industries uh -huh. that would Airline be impact, industry. impacted in the same way. Yeah. Manufacturing, all that kind of stuff. They're, they're pushing an agenda that implies or requires the destruction of major parts of all of the industry in the world that makes life sustainable. So what's, what's the end result of that? Well, it doesn't take a lot to figure is, out. Like, is, is, is genocide? Well, it's destruction of lives and you know the social order, and and that's what it is. And you know, you can. I'm sure somebody out there might turn around and say that that's not what's going to happen, and that'll be managed and all that kind of stuff. But that implies a faith in, in political leaders that is not warranted. You know, so I think we're probably on the right side of history or on the right side of the fence in this respect in terms of being sceptical about the intention of these people because there's no reason for anybody to put their faith in, in politicians in, in the sense of those politicians who really care about me. You're one of eight billion people to them. You're a number, nothing more. And if you don't look after yourself, who do you think is going to, you know? If you don't look after yourself and those in your, in, your, in your family and your friends, nobody else is going to. You look after each other. You don't, like a child, you don't look up to mommy and daddy government to take care of all your needs. It's ridiculous. Um... Yeah, and there's more and more evidence that these these are bad parents, very bad parents, and they really don't care about you. Not only do they not care about you, but they may be malintended towards you. So you better get a clue pretty soon. People better get a clue pretty soon, uh, and wake up to the reality because there's no longer really any scope to kind of like you know fudge the numbers or indulge in narratives or comfortable lies, whatever. I mean, it's getting way beyond that time where you really gotta. It's either it's do or die, possibly literally. Yeah. So happy Halloween. <laughs> it's now or never. Yeah. Well, like like they say, it's like now or never. Say, yeah. But well, yeah. 
It's now or never in response to what they're doing in in response to their now or never stance. Yeah, you have to take the same stance, but in opposition to them or in in terms of reading what they're doing and what the results of what they're doing will likely be. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I'll do, no? Yeah, that's good. For this Halloween. We're good. Uh, That's been, yeah, that's been our Halloween message. Uh, It's all pretty spooky and scary. Um, And a freak show. Mass murder, yeah. Just reading the comments there. Uh, That's hard to argue. I, mean, I really did not want for a long time to ascribe conscious intent intent to that, but uh, somewhere along the line or up the chain of command. Some of those intent. elites really are like intelligent people, so they've obviously thought about this hard and deep. And they're doing the best they can. God bless them. Well, you know what? You do the best you can as well then and focus on, you know, everybody's focused on taking care of your, you and yours basically because that's uh, – and of course if you're part of a, a bigger group or a network then you all help each other basically but uh, that's where it's at right now and we'll stake our claim to that being something close to uh, an objective truth of the situation right now. Anyway, uh, so yeah, thanks for, for watching, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, thanks for thanks for chatting as well. It's, it's apparently it's pretty important for our channel to uh, for there to be plenty of comments in the comment section. Um, we really appreciate it. So smash all those buttons. And if you're doing Halloween, if you're in the Whitey West patriarchy land, uh, then have a good Halloween. Eat some pumpkin or whatever whatever they do. Smash some pumpkins. Um, and we'll be back next week with another show on whatever's been going on between now and then. Okay, so see you later. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Can't stop the signal now.